Hello, my name's Florence. Welcome to the OBS pod. I'm an NHS obstetrician, hoping to share some thoughts and experiences about my working life. Perhaps you enjoy Call the Midwife, maybe birth fascinates you, or you're simply curious about what exactly an obstetrician is. You might be pregnant and preparing for birth. Perhaps you work in maternity and want to know what makes your obstetric colleagues tick, or you want some fresh ideas and inspiration. Whichever of these is the case, and for that matter, anyone else that's interested, the OBSPOD is for you. Episode 105, Birthday. I've always found birthdays a little bit peculiar. It seems odd to me that we're celebrating the birth of the baby. Not that that isn't a celebration, it absolutely is. But every year, year on year, as we celebrate our birthdays, we can't remember the day of our birth, yet our mothers can. When it comes round to my own daughter's birthdays, the day before, in the run-up, during those hours, I remember every moment of my journey, their birth, my labour. And I often randomly make comments to them about, at this time I was sitting in the garden having irregular contractions. This is the time I went into hospital. This is the time I went into theatre. To me, even though they're now in their 20s, it's like it's yesterday. So birth stories stay with us. We know that. But then there are also the birth stories we are told about our own arrival into the world. And I've chosen this topic this week because it's my birthday week. So I thought I would reflect briefly on what I was told about my own birth. My birth, although my parents were British, happened in Brussels. So one of the key memories I was told about my own birth was that my mum went into labour in the early hours of the morning. Crack of dawn, she arrived at the hospital. Not that surprising, lots of spontaneous labours happen during the night. But the difference for her was, unlike an NHS British hospital, there was the question of payment. So one of the stories I was always told as a child was, my mum was in labour, they arrived at the hospital, and although she was contracting fast and furious, and I was clearly well on the way, the doctors and midwives wouldn't do anything until my dad had written a cheque. Payment came first and foremost, rather than care and treatment. Does it matter that that's one of the key things I was told as a child? Probably not. Has it shaped in my mind the importance of healthcare free at the point of contact? Absolutely because I've always had that memory 
of that possibility of it not being free, of payment being demanded before services rendered. My mother always used to tell me that she'd had a very quick labour, quite fast from start to finish. Not that surprising. I was her second baby after all, and second babies are often faster than first babies. The two other key moments in my birth story are, first, the doctor said, better luck next time, when I turned out to be a girl. This is because my parents already had a daughter, so they now had two daughters. Even at that time, my mum thought that that was rather inappropriate. But that meant from the moment of my birth, it felt like I could be considered a disappointment. Second best, a girl, another girl, better luck next time. Obviously, these days, Many people find out the gender of their baby before birth. Maybe you wouldn't have that moment discovering the sex, but you certainly wouldn't have that moment where the doctor made that comment. The other interesting thing about that comment was the fact it was made by a doctor. Does that mean the doctor was common practice? in Belgium? Does that mean that they were there alongside the midwives? Or possibly does that mean the doctor was called because there was a problem? Because for a straightforward, uncomplicated second baby with a straightforward vaginal birth, one wouldn't normally expect a doctor to be present. In Britain, there would be a midwife and a second midwife would come in at the point of birth to help out. The next aspect of my birth story and the final aspect of which I was made aware as a child was that there were concerns that when I was born I'd been short of oxygen and I was whipped away and put in an oxygen tent. You can obviously see, as a child, in my imagination, an oxygen tent was an actual tent. I couldn't really comprehend what it meant, but I could understand it meant I'd been removed from my mother. And I imagined a tent a bit like on a camping trip, you know, a nice A-framed old-fashioned tent full of oxygen a baby being placed in the middle. As I became medically trained, I started to understand probably the oxygen tent, in inverted commas, was some sort of incubator. I was clearly taken to the neonatal unit for a period of time. I'm unsure how long. I clearly needed a bit of attention. Clearly it wasn't that severe. No one's ever mentioned to me ventilation or respiratory support, but I don't know. So 
The birth story I grew up with was very fast labour, needing to pay the bill before I could be cared for or my mother could be cared for, better luck next time, what a disappointment, a girl, and the baby not being quite okay, needing an oxygen tent. It's interesting for me to reflect and wonder how that's shaped my life. Obviously, the story one hears of one birth is far from the be-all and end-all of what motivates one, what career one chooses. But I can't help thinking that some of that has shaped the person I am today. Being named Florence, one might have thought there was an obvious sign that I might go into a caring profession. But in actual fact, I wasn't named Florence for Florence Nightingale. I was named Florence for Florence Dombey in the Dickens book, Dombey and Son. And for Florence, Italy, that beautiful city. And if you're interested... There's always that thing when you name your baby of have you given them the right name? The alternative name of choice for me was Gwendolyn. And although I hated the name Florence with a vengeance until I went to Florence, Italy, Gwendolyn seemed a far worse fate to me. So I always felt I'd made a narrow escape. My birthday has always been that of the coronation. This means through my life, I've had celebrations, street parties, whole school picnics. And as we celebrate the Platinum Jubilee this weekend, part of me feels slightly sad. Although I'm not a massive royalist, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for the Queen when it comes to jubilees. And this might be the last of our joint celebrations, as it were. The other story I have of my birth is my mum's poem. My mum has always been a writer and wrote a number of poems when we were children. And she wrote one about my birth. So with thanks to my mum, I'm going to read it now. It's called LeMay's Method. I remember, I remember the room where you were born, the whiteness of it, all white, four white walls, and clean as the first light of that summer day when you came. In England, they grab, gas, and toss with pain. Your room was foreign, quiet and white. I was shaved white to sail each wave of pain, how I surfed through it and how the skill of cresting and coming through made sport of your arrival. The Belgian midwife said I did it well, such a perfect primitive performance. I think she was pleased when you, baby, came and needed attention. Even we prize winners were taken aback 
at our prowess. My zesty bit this week is to think about birth stories. The stories we know of our own births and the stories we tell our children about their births. Think about what were the positive things, even if there were difficult things or negative things. What are the bits that gave us joy? What were the bits that were special? What were the bits that we should hold on to and try and remember and pass on to our children? And as we celebrate our birthdays, give pause and think a little of our mothers and what they went through for our safe arrival and know that as they celebrate our birthdays with us, there's that moment of connection, their memories of that day that we arrived will be as poignant to them and seem as if they were yesterday, even though they may now be many years ago. In my interview with Jenny the M for this podcast, she talked about helping write birth stories for couples that she'd looked after. As a midwife or doctor, you can help suggest to couples what are the key things, the positives that they could remember and tell their child. And as a woman or someone supporting a pregnant woman going through birth, afterwards you could help her reflect and think and narrate and think about that birth story for that baby's future, birthdays and birth recollections. I very much hope you found this episode of the OBSPOD interesting. If you have, it'd be fantastic if you could subscribe, rate and review on whatever platform you find your podcasts, as well as recommending the OBSPOD to anyone you think might find it interesting. There's also tons of episodes to explore in my back catalogue from clinical topics, my career and journey as an obstetrician and life in the NHS more generally. I'd like to assure women I care for that I take confidentiality very seriously and take great care not to use any patient identifiable information unless I have expressly asked the permission of the person involved on that rare occasion when it's been absolutely necessary. If you found this episode interesting and want to explore the subject a little more deeply, don't forget to take a look at the programme notes where I've attached some links. If you want to get in touch to suggest topics for future episodes, you can find me at The Obspod on Twitter and Instagram and you can email me theobspod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.